0: Hey, 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 it's Tropical Talk Radio. It's the magic hour, Friday night. Happy, happy hour, everybody. What do you say we hit the tunes? Yeah, buddy, you've downloaded Tropical Talk Radio, where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, travel, and lifestyle. If you're interested in more about this program, check out TropicalMBA.com. And if you sign up for our mailing list, I will personally send you 50 free podcast episodes that take you along on our journey and expose the insider story on how we started a million-dollar, honest-to-goodness product business while we traveled the globe. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. This is Tropical Talk Radio, fourth dimensional copywriting and why keyword research is dead. Today, we are going to talk about a getting started script. How do you get started when you just got an idea, you got a job, you got a family? How do you get started on the side with an internet business? We are going to talk about the number one thing that copywriters don't talk about. And it's interesting because almost every successful copywriter that I know about. I know about them because of this one thing that they're not talking about. So it's like, it's that distinction that MJ DeMarco makes. It's like a lot of people in the fast lane tell people to become successful by going in the slow lane. So we're gonna talk about what that is and why that's the fourth dimension of uh, copywriting. And we are gonna go over uh, some keyword research and SEO stuff. All right, let's get started. This is gonna be a quick one, some quick audio adrenaline to get you started. On your weekend, Matt writes to me and says, Look, I'm 38. I live in the UK. Here's the thing I have very little capital to invest, and my salary isn't that big. So I want to get started on the side with entrepreneurship, and I'm not going to be able to invest a ton of money into it. So I want to know the best way to start taking these steps out the door, Dan. I've set up a website and I've got the basic skills. I know how the basics work. So, how do you get started? I think a lot of your listeners would want to hear about this kind of thing. Well, cheers, Matt. I think you're probably right. So the problem, of course, with this question is twofold. It's very difficult to answer, both from my end and from your end. I understand that. It's like there's tons of information out there on the internet. Um, You know, how do you even get started with the business. So I'm just going to pull some basic lessons that I'm seeing because I've been in a a cool position where I've met hundreds of people who are making these incomes as creative internet internet entrepreneurs, making great incomes, living wherever they want in the world. So the first thing I would say uh, to you, Matt, is understand what you're getting yourself into Um, the picture of the person who puts up a website on the side and then, oh, it just so happens that I'm making $2,000 a month. And that's like great amount of gravy for me and my family. I don't see that a lot. And I know that I have a self-selecting audience. So I want you if you can find that, you know, go find that crowd and hang out with them. But I don't know those people. Um, Here's the whole thing about this entrepreneurial revolution. If you want to get involved in it, um, it's going to quickly force your hand. If it were the case that you put up an affiliate website that was making you $2,000 a month, I can guarantee you this. It's not going to be making you $2,000 a month two years from that afterwards if you don't put some energy into it. So this is what I mean by it's going to be forcing your hand because, well, okay, so what happens if you want to spend your full-time energy on that $2,000 cash flow? Well, maybe you have to hire somebody. So there goes $600, $700 of it. And maybe you have to put, uh, start working less at your job and more into that. So all of a sudden, that $2,000 in profit turns into nothing, right? So it's going to force your hand to go full-time and broke, as I call it, if you really want to build something that's going to be long-term and sustainable. Uh, and, and that's really the issue here is I think people miss out on the time element here. So one of the recommendations I give to people is I think you got to get a job. Especially if you're at square one, it's just not good enough to know how to put up websites. You got to know how to cut deals, negotiate reality, build businesses, and that's stuff you learn by working a business class job. Ideally, working with an entrepreneur who has less than 10 employees to so get a lot of face time. Um, The cool thing about working for an entrepreneur and why I'm so bullish about it is you get paid for your education. I mean, it's not unreasonable to suspect that this could take you one to two years. I'll tell you a story about Taylor, actually, the guy who's putting up this podcast right now. Uh, When I first spoke to Taylor, he had um, all of the basics down and uh, he really wanted to live this lifestyle and be an expat, but he hadn't worked yet for an organization that was implementing these skills. And so he didn't have that firsthand experience that was so critical to getting businesses off the ground. And that's one of the reasons um, I was just so impressed by Taylor is that he took that advice, moved away from um, at the time for him was a comfortable lifestyle. I'm assuming uh, living overseas in a cool environment and went to a less comfortable environment, a new one, challenged himself to work for an entrepreneurial organization. And when I talked to him during a second job interview uh, a year later, It was like talking to a new man, Uh, he could speak my language, I knew uh, that he understood what I was saying to him, he gave me great feedback on what I was saying. And maybe that's another way to look at it Matt, is could you sit in the war room with a small business and contribute to the conversation? If you can't contribute to that conversation, it's gonna be very difficult to organize that own, you know, uh, business on your own that really requires those types of conversations. So that's something to ask yourself: Do you have that broader skill set of being an entrepreneur that's behind these successful websites? Um, so yes, yeah, so that's that's combined with get used to the time and financial sacrifice. And then uh, one other thing, Matt, that I wanted to address in your email is a lot of what you were talking about was focused on research. Uh, keyword research and SEO. And I understand why people gravitate to that because it's a really simple way to get started, right? It's like, um, you know, can I find a high volume keyword with low competition? So the problem with this uh, kind of approach, Matt, is that it doesn't pass what I call the on stage test. So I think in order to be successful long term with the business, you need to see yourself on stage at the industry leading conference in five years. So if your keyword research doesn't point you to a keyword that you're willing to be on stage for, then it doesn't matter because here's the thing. SEO is just one way to distribute a product amongst hundreds and many more powerful than SEO by the way. And I'll tell you this, Matt, for a lot of my product keywords, hardly any SEO results on the first page. For one of them, there's only one result. In fact, the rest of the results are all paid traffic. Something else to think about. If you do love SEO and keyword research, I'm not saying that you can't build a living off of that. A lot of people do, but they're not in the business of those keywords that they're identifying. They're in the business of identifying keywords. And so examples of that would be domain appraisers or the AdSense flippers or affiliate marketers, people that are full time, people that build processes around spreadsheets number crunching, traffic arbitrage, and stuff like that. So the whole idea here, Matt, is to do the thought exercise of thinking really long-term and pushing yourself down the value chain. If you're going to start a business based on, um, you know, uh, keywords and research, and, and that's what you want to get good at, then double down on that. If, if you find something that's really cool, like baby diapers, and you see yourself on stage in that industry in five years from now, go down that route. And just as a final icing topping, and so I know that these aren't Maybe not giving you more clarity, but hopefully giving you just a little bit of perspective as to how I'd look at it. Um, You know, the the final thing to get started is look what other people are having success with. You know, really look behind the scenes of who's making money out there, doing things that you enjoy, and are there ways that you could model that, reposition it, and do it with your own personal unique flair and have some success on your own. Matt, let me know how it goes, man, and thank you so much. For listening to this podcast, David writes me, he says, Hey Dan, while overseas, do you miss anything from back home at all? Like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Walmart, or whatever? That's kind of an interesting question, David. I haven't thought about it in a while. And the answer is no. And uh, there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, Venkat wrote in a post at Ribbon Farm last week that he doesn't have the personality for missing. And um, there's different types of personalities. And I don't think I'm a big misser. I do have a nostalgic. Um, part of me, and I love going back to the United States and sort of going to the places I used to go and driving down the roads I used to drive. But uh, I don't really miss actively the United States. I think part of it is is that I lived there for 26 years. And although I love to like try to psychoanalyze myself, I think it's pretty simple. Even though the the U.S. is this incredibly geographically diverse place, and it probably is my favorite country that I've ever been to. I love the fact that everybody can be an American. I think that's one of the coolest things about America. Um, I love what's on offer there. It's an amazing place. But 26 years is a really long time to spend in one place, especially for a Rolling Stone like me. The other thing that's interesting about the United States that um, seems to be true to me and might be, I don't know if it's surprising to foreigners or whatever, but it's amazingly culturally consistent. Like, there's, to me, there's not that much difference to living in Austin, to San Diego, to Los Angeles, to, to Brooklyn, to Gainesville, to Central Pennsylvania. I mean, there are differences, but it's not nearly as different as living in Thailand to living in the Philippines from the way that I live and from my perspective. So that's my answer to that question. David, and you had one more question, which is, if you want to sell a product on one website, you just have one product, one website, what's the best platform to go with? I would go with a WordPress website connected with PayPal. You had Shopify or Ning there. Only would use Ning if you're planning on a forum content approach. If you want to have an, a, an open forum on the internet, Ning might work. Um, you really got to make a decision whether the content is going to be coming from you or coming from your community. Uh, with Shopify, I would not go to Shopify until you've got over 25 products really. And even then, you're going to want to look at it and weigh some factors. Uh, we're using WooCommerce for all of our e-commerce now, and we're absolutely loving it. All right, that's we got through two questions. We got one more person who sent me an email this week, Dan at Tropical MBA com i hope you guys are already getting pumped to it just just to blow it out this weekend all your friends are going to be blowing it out at the bar you're going to be blowing it out at the laptop <laughs> let me know how that goes all right toffler writes speaking of blowing it out i've been at it for about seven weeks now and my site just hasn't taken off so i'm hoping you can help me uh, I, i'm not going to uh, link to uh, Toffler's sites here but i am going to speak directly to her issues because here's what she says and i love this all of my sales, except for a couple have come from people that I have personal relationships with, but that's not scalable. So basically Toffler asked me a lot of questions about advertising and copywriting. and how can she increase her conversions? Well, first off Toffler, you've been at it for seven weeks and uh, I love your entrepreneurial insistence because seven weeks is, is, is if you're making a couple sales, that's great. And if you're making sales based off of personal relationships, even better. Um, You know seven weeks is not a long time to get this stuff takes a long 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 time to get traction Um, But let's talk about some ways that you can um, um, Get get that going. So here's the thing. I disagree with you fundamentally about one thing Which is that relationships don't scale. That's not true relationships do scale What I want you to do is look at those people that are buying from you and ask yourself the question What are the principles that underlay your relationship with them that convince them to buy this tea? I think that that is a very fascinating thing that does scale. It scales through this podcast, for example. Right now, I'm talking to a couple thousand people rather than one person across the table, but I'm trying to bring those same principles to play in this format. There's one thing about copywriting that I think is kind of BS, and, and and Ian Borders helped to bring this out because he's um, at our, our event in Bangkok. He's a conversion specialist, and he said 80% of conversion analysis really comes down to your relationship with your customers. So what that tells me is things like sales page layout and branding and conversion and all this stuff is really the 20%. And your experience bears that out as well, Toffler. You're saying that most of your sales are coming through personal relationships. Well, I got to tell you, that's how almost all of my sales come from. And that's why the 7 weeks thing makes a lot of sense. You're just getting started building these relationships. So I want you to look at those relationships. And 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 so here's the fourth dimension of copywriting for those of you looking at. That. You've got you've got, you know, width, you've got length, you've got depth of the content, you know, how interesting is the content? But here's the most important part, time. How is your relationship building with your users over time, even when it comes to mediums like advertising and PPC Toffler, we're noticing on our campaigns that people aren't buying on the first time. That's why our remarketing, by the way, campaigns have been so successful. For those of you that don't know what remarketing is, it's like if you've ever gone to my portable bar company website, and then I follow you around on the internet like a jerk for the next two weeks, that's remarketing. And that really does work. In fact, it even worked on me today when I visited the land. This is a smart idea, by the way. I visited the landing page of a new author's website because I really liked this blog post. And he had this book. And I was like, well, yeah, it was one blog post. I'm not really ready to buy this guy's book yet, right? But he had a remarketing campaign on that book. And I've been seeing that book like... I've probably seen it like four or five times now going on related websites that have Google AdSense. And it's not gonna take me a couple more times until maybe I see that ad a few more times and then I've subscribed to his blog. So I see one or two more blog posts and boom, I'm a customer, I'm on his customer list now. And that's the fourth dimension of copywriting. You know, guys that have that time relationship and gals that have that time relationship with their audience, at the end of the day, they don't really need a sales letter. They can just say, here's what I'm offering, do you want it? And then a sales letter at that point is the 20% conversion. So the first three dimensions of copywriting are pale in comparison to the fourth dimension, which is what is your, how is your relationship evolving with people over the course of time? So what are some things that you could do with your tea business? Uh, You could add audio elements like this. You could add video elements on your site. So you engage people for a long period of time. I actually don't think your sales letter is long enough for somebody coming there cold. I really want an educational experience. You could add a course. You're trying to solve problems with products, right? So that you know, really, you're not a tea company. You're a, a company that solves. Um, in in one case, you're trying to position it as a weight loss product. So you're solving an important problem with a unique solution. That's a niche. That's good. So you need things that are building relationship, like audio courses, like auto responders where people, you know, look at what we're doing with the Tropical MBA crash course. That's a way that we can talk to people over time. And and hey, here's the other thing, Toffler, you're gonna have to work harder than we're working at Tropical MBA because people know us over there. And, uh, you know, we're actually working on improving that right now so that when you take the course, it's actually gonna be like a university. And I think that that's gonna really increase the buying temperature of people because we're gonna educate them as to why the product is important so if you're saying all right look I don't want to build a whole podcast around this you know I just want some uh, more solid advice here's a couple quick things I think your product needs a better hook it needs to be more expensive so you can charge for all of this stuff and you need something that's really gonna stick in people's minds and this is a good lesson for anybody out there with a product you can't just be in the middle as the upstart if you're gonna get up the steep uh, the steep climb, right, to launch a new product, you're going to need to really clinch into that mountain face. You're going to need a hard, hard angle. And, you know, I think your product should be outlandish in one way or the other. I mean, it should be this incredibly expensive tea. It should be this incredible miracle tea. It should be this tea that's super focused on education. It's over the top. Um, If it's just going to be like the next tea that's in the middle, you're going to get lost. And so that's why I think find a way to move your product to the edge. And then as you develop cash flow for a business, it'll gradually come into the middle of the marketplace with maybe more broader product offerings, maybe lower margin products that can be sold to more people like the the $8 tea packet or whatever. But at the beginning, think of any way you can to push that tea to the very edge of the market. So uh, happy tea for, um, you know, neural, uh, you know, wellness or whatever, that's $14 is pretty much what's out there. Whereas if it's like T for um, people who want to take the SAT exam and it's going to nuke out their brain and make them super smart. Now that's going to have a better chance of establishing a new relationship with a new target audience. And why do we get confused with these middle of the road products? Well, you still need a time element and a relationship element, but traditionally. They've been sold through traditional retailers. So if you were to develop a relationship with Whole Foods or with Amazon.com, sure, maybe middle-of-the-road products could work. But keep in mind, you're building a relationship with the retailers, not with the end users. In order to get to the end users, you're going to need this incredibly unique value proposition, and that's going to give you more margin for those remarketing campaigns which you're going to start running. Well, anyway, thank you, everybody, for sending me an email. This has been Tropical Talk Radio. If you want to find out more, check out my website, tropicalmba.com. I'll see you next Friday afternoon. Hey everybody thanks for listening don't be shy we've got a mailing list check it out at tropicalmba.com get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do plus give you those 50 free podcast episodes if you want to say hey check me out on twitter at tropicalmba we'll see you soon